Hello friends. Over the next few weeks, we honestly don't know how long, um, to be honest, we will be working on the My Sexual Values Workbook, a purity culture dropout resource by Erica Smith. To give proper credit, um, you'll be hearing this at the beginning of every episode in which we do this workbook, to um, let you know that her website, Erica Smith, uh, it is E-R-I-C-A-S-M-I-T-H-E. EAC.com, Erica Smith EAC.com, and her Instagram is Erica Smith with a C dot sex dot ed. I'll say that again Erica Smith dot sex dot ed with a C. Um, and she is the creator of the workbook, um, My Sexual Values, a Purity Culture Dropout Resource. Enjoy! Welcome to the Bitter Grapes Podcast, where two ex-Christians bitch about growing up in the church. Hey, Andy. What's up, Nova? How are you? Doing better now that we're recording and all that. Yeah, we got there. We did get there eventually. We just got the other episode up for the first... The first episode of the reboot just went up for anyone who's wondering how far back we are. <laughs> we're a little... We're, we're getting there still. It's... No great thing was created suddenly. Well, in my defense, Anchor... I love Anchor for, like, the ease of recording. The ease of editing is fucked. Yeah. Like, it's... A, I think I might have finally figured it out, but I had to watch a whole YouTube video. It is not intuitive. That being said, we found a wonderful resource I did on Instagram, and I sent it to Andy, and Andy freaked out and read more of it than I did. <laughs> so we'll get to that. But first, we kind of want to introduce this with the concept of values. Yes. Andy, what are your top, let's say, three to five values? Oh, Lord, I didn't think I was going to have to go first. Um, I don't, well, the, I mean, the, my biggest one these days, and you and I talked about this before we started recording when we were having one of our many existential conversations, do no harm, take no shit, be a good person, Yeah. be honest, both with yourself and with those around you. Yeah. Um... Be kind. I guess that kind of falls in with do no harm, take no shit. But to me, those are two different things. Like, Well, okay. So I guess even there, and maybe we'll have to dive into the book a little bit. Yeah. How do you define values? Because so I guess I don't think about uh, being in therapy for hours upon hours a week. I talk about things like values a lot. We literally just talked about this in my ZBT group. Um, to the point where we had to, like, go through a list and, like, narrow down our values. Blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so, like, I guess I'm... I don't want to say educated in this area because that sounds really pretentious, but, like... You I, know more than I do here. I guess that's I guess that's a valid thing to and say. And there's no, there's no shame in that. There's that... <laughs> I love that you know I'm ashamed of knowing something. No, and you, sh you should never be, and... I don't, so I guess my caveat to that would be 
I guess it would depend on what we're talking about because I mean, are we talking family values? Are we talking social values? Are we talking? I actually have another wonderful resource for this. Yeah. Um, so one of the most wonderful resources I found besides the DBT workbook itself that like Marsha Linehan did was this one. It's the neurodivergent DBT workbook. Um, the author is Sunny Jane Wise. They um, go by lived experienced, lived experience educator on Instagram and I believe Twitter. Um, but as part of DBT, the values thing, um, we can literally look at this and it'll help. Um, because it has this section of identify your values, social, personal, political, and work are there kind of ways you can look at them. Yeah. Um, I can just hand this to you because it gives you some ideas. Would you like me to read to the class? Yeah, go ahead. Read what you want. Okay. <clears throat> values can be described as your morals, ethics, principles, or what you value in life and how you aspire to live. Values can also be described as something that gives your life meaning and importance while helping you to define your priorities. Yeah, do no harm, take no shit. I stand by that. Um, and I, I guess, I, so I still would ascribe high importance to honesty and kindness and authentic, like a, a sense of authenticity about mm-hmm. yourself with others. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a very what you see is what you get person. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, especially at work, I get very nauseated at people who are like corporate kiss asses, mm. but then are very problematic outside of the office. Okay. Whereas I, you know, I, as discussed in previous episodes we've done here, mm-hmm. at least this season. I can have conversations about I'm this close to taking my pants off if one more person looks at me funny right? with my boss. Mm-hmm. And my boss knows that I'm not actually going to take my pants off. Yeah. So I, I think that there's something to be said about that because not, not, not even that it endears you to people around you, but it just, it shows that you're capable of being honest and you're capable of leveling with people around you and I think that's a really good quality to have does that make sense or am I talking out of my ass I feel like I'm talking out of my ass but that that's the best way I could explain that no I totally get what you're saying and like I guess when I think about values I think about like the framework of how I operate okay and so like originally like when I became pagan I very much liked the Wiccan read because of the, like, and it harm none, do what ye will. Yeah. Which is what you're talking about, kind of, in a, in a way, kind of different, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I liked that because it was a turning point towards not harming, not wanting to harm myself. So it wasn't even, like, about harming others. It was about, like, seeing myself as worthy of not being harmed. Yeah. So I, I think that like, I guess our values, I think of as more of a compass. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So like, um, it's like this resource is talking about, we, I found it on Instagram. Um, it is, let's find it. 
My Sexual Values Workbook by Erica Smith, um, M. Ed. So Masters of Education. Um, I believe she's also a social worker. Nice. Could be wrong about that, but as it is, um, this is a really cool book. And we uh, did some digging into it, the first couple chapters, and pulled out some quotes um, related to values. And this book is specifically being about purity culture, sexual values. Um, how do we want to approach this with our quotes? Um, if I think I focused really hard on one specific section. Okay. Well, not one specific, like one broad section. And then I took two of like the subsections from that and I broke those down. Okay. So I guess if you want to share yours and kind of expand on those first, we can just take turns. Yeah, totally. We we definitely planned ahead, but then also got really caught up in actually discussing the things. And then um, here we are, our lovely audience. We're here and we're doing it. <laughs> so by virtue of not wanting to completely like copy this entire book, we've pulled out quotes. Um, I fully, fully recommend getting this book. Um, I'll put a link for it somewhere. You'll be able to find it or you can email us at bittergroupspodcast at gmail.com I do so believe is our email yes can confirm can confirm and we will give you we will send you uh, the link if I don't get it somewhere else that being said we might need to make an Instagram page for this I think we need to make an Instagram page for this can I do that yes you can yeah winning I'm bringing that back by the way <laughs> bring it back we have an episode in season season one where like I was like 10 for 10 list like I was just using phrases that were also small group names bring it back walk it out <laughs> justice league oh my god it was a whole fucking thing anyway moving on I'm bringing winning back that's okay. what I'm doing this time can it be by winning for the both of us I'm by winning win here that's actually exactly he that's what he said mm -hmm. so there we go it works okay sorry what were you saying I, I don't know we're, we're a little <laughs> sharing the link for this workbook sharing link for workbook y'all this is my second week of school this is the first day or second day of the second week of school and I'm dying y'all they are dying but they are killing it I am so proud of them Thank you, friend. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into this. Please. If you grew up in purity culture, which we did. Unfortunately. <laughs> you were given a set of values around sex and sexuality. You were told that these were your values simply because they were the community values. You weren't given a choice in the matter. You were also not encouraged to question or think critically about these values, which is, in and of itself, a very clear value. Respect, authority, don't ask questions. We know what is best for you. Respect authority. I like the word respect because it really tells a lot about a person as to how they define it. How do you define respect, Andy? Mm. I feel like that can also get kind of muddy because the respect that I hold for my mom mm. or my dad is not the same respect that I hold for a stranger on the street. If that makes sense. I think it does, but 
existentially, I feel like that's not the problem, big P. Yeah. But, like, so, like, I think about the com- the kind of the Twitter or Tumblr thing about, like, you can, if, uh, something about along the lines of, like, when a parent is telling you to respect their authority, that's different than, like, um, like, they don't have respect for you in the first place, so why should you respect them? I'm really, yeah. I'm really having trouble remembering the exact phrasing. No, okay, so I, I hear what you're getting at, and I, I do agree with that. There, in, in more, con- like, not every person has the same relationships with their parents that I do. Right. My, my parents have my respect regardless, just because I, I, I saw more of what they went through to get where they are. I think that's more... So their respect by me like my respect for them they earned I think whereas someone like it when I used to work at Panera we had a lot of Karens mm-hmm. come in and they just expected that because they were a 55 year old white woman that I was going to yes ma'am thank you ma'am I'll go jump off that bridge for you now ma'am yeah I, I'm not doing that you've done nothing to warrant me giving you that it's a, for me, it's a very, um, circumstantial. Yes. So I think there's, there, there are kind of three things we're talking about there. We're talking about decency, respect, and honor. Yeah. And I think those are different things. You honor your parents. You have decency for the common man or woman or human. And then you have respect for like those you're in contact with, if yeah. that makes sense. Like there are people above you above you being in quotes here, like, that theoretically deserve honor. Parents, if they're honorable, can deserve honor. I have a wonderful professor at Ohio State, Jake Rissinger. Rissinger. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. I just call him Jake all the time. Um, he's, he, like, fucking went to, like, Oxford and Harvard and is a Rhodes Scholar, like, all this bullshit. Absolutely honor that man because he's a fucking genius. In a different way than I would honor, like, a lawn or, yeah. like, I have honor and respect for, like, friends. I, I, so, like, when people are talking about, like, respect authority, I, it's that addition of authority that freaks me out. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't really believe in, unless it's necessary for the situation, the idea of authority. Okay. Because it generally just... We were talking about the hierarchy of student leadership. Yeah. That's what it does. Having authority in any capacity, like, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, well, and are you, I'm I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. are you familiar with the Stanford prison experiment? Oh, yeah. That that was one of the big takeaways Mm -hmm. from it. We gave six or so kids fake uniforms, fake mustaches, and sunglasses and all of a sudden, they're beating up the other six or so kids that we gave the role of inmate to. So one thing, some comment, some interesting commentary I heard about that. Excuse me. Uh, and this is multiple pieces of in, of commentary, like kind of squished together. Sure. Um, but I've heard things about both. Well, that's those are Stanford students. Those are white men at yeah. Stanford. What did they already think about power? Yeah. If we had put black women or 
trans women or like create an intersection here, disabled people, neurodivergent people, if we had done anything else but the most privileged, what would have happened? It's like mm. Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Was Lord of the Flies was such a fucked up book. I never want to have to read it again. Agreed. And it wasn't. <laughs> it, and we get the worst idea out of it. We think this is base humanity, as it's quote unquote supposed to be. Yeah. When in actuality, it shows the harm of living the way we have. It's like we were talking about earlier before we started recording. Community is kind of the best option in relationship to some of the issues we're having as a society. Yeah. Not that that's possible, but if you were to look at, like, what is real, like, not necessarily realistic, but idealistically... Yeah. The the solution to the problem, it's generally community. Sure. So, like, when we talk about, like, respect authority, don't ask questions, we know what is best for you, it's also hard going back to, like, you were told that these were your values simply because they were the community values. Well, and I think, too, so the, the, the quote says they were the community values. Read the church values. Because Fair. my parents did not... I mean, they shared a few of the isms that mm -hmm. Mrs. McConnell and the birds, the bees, and the Bibles had to say about mm -hmm. sex and dating and marriage and all mm -hmm. that. But really, my, and obviously my mom had conversations about this since I've become an adult. Yeah. We, 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 weren't, we weren't having these conversations when I was 17, 18, but like not even just about sex, but even about smoking weed. Mm-hmm. I, I told her, I was like, Mom, I don't know if you realized how many times I came home blitzed. No, I did. And I I maintain that she was just saying that just to maintain, like, a an upper hand just to... Maybe. Or she knew half the time or enough times to think that she knew all the time. Exactly. But I was like, so how come you never said anything? How come Dad never said anything? Well, I I told him to pick his battles with you just like I was trying really hard to pick my battles with you. If I told you not to smoke pot, if I told you don't have sex, all that was going to do was make you want to do it more. Yeah. And you were going to sneak around and do it and you weren't going to feel safe to come home after some of the things that you're that you're now telling me you did. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, well, I mean if we want to just look at like that oasis, our last oasis, and me telling my mom I was at your place because I was off doing other shit. Like, yeah. had I had that kind of relationship with my mom, I wouldn't have had to do that. We wouldn't have had that that fight, all of that kind of stuff. See, you call it a fight. Like, I I remember fight being, is fight is the wrong word. I was just like, I remember being kind of like myth, just like I got ice cream. We're gonna watch my on American Summer. What the fuck, man? But like. I got it. And also, that wasn't my favorite action that I've ever done. Yeah. Like, in retrospect, like, yeah, I guess because I didn't get Poontang all that often, like, I guess I get why I was, like, jumping on the opportunity. Yeah. We were young. Yeah. With that in mind, I get it. But in all honesty, I wish I had had that memory with you as opposed to, like, Touché. some fucker crying because he can't date me and whatever. I don't know. But, so for me, when this is saying respect authority, 
I'm hearing the church say that. Right. And there were lots of times where I felt that church was trying to usurp what authority my parents had established over me while I was under their roof. So I think going forward with this, what we need to do is differentiate big C church with little C community. Mmm, good one. Because they're using... On average, the person reading this book doesn't understand the concept of, like, community. Yeah. I, I don't mean that to belittle anybody. I more mean a lot of the people first encountering this information may sure. not really understand that the church is a community. Yeah. So for us, being where we are in our journey, so so to speak, we need to differentiate because, like, yeah. my community now is fucking fantastic. Right. It's like Mrs. T, or not Mrs. T, but um, that one, you were talking about the one church lady trying to poke holes in my, like, yeah. social situation. It's like, you yeah. Can't. I've got it. Yeah, like, m- one of my best buddies, like, he had been really busy, and now not as busy, and, like, social life is back to normal. Like, I'm making new friends with school. Like, social, that's a different kind of community is what I'm getting yeah. at, is, like, it's not the same as the imprisonment that is church. Yeah. So, um, going off of that to like our next quote, um, excuse me, I'm having the, uh, what is this? The dream world Coca-Cola. And you were a super bro and got me a zero sugar Coke. I did. Apparently this is also zero sugar and dream flavored. I tried it. Yeah. I liked the, um... Starlight? Yes. I liked Starlight better, too. Okay, what did you think it tastes like? Um... I'm only asking because this was a conversation on the radio, like, a month ago. I thought it tasted like sugar cookies, and Jimmy, my husband, for those of you that haven't caught that yet, told me that I was cracked that I was like out of my head for thinking that that it, that it tasted like the furthest thing from sugar cookies hmm I was gonna say it kind of tasted like cotton candy fucked a raspberry okay that and that's so our friend Bethany said that too she said it tasted like sugar cookies and cotton candy I'm like mm-hmm. okay so it just tastes like sugar let's just call it that then yeah it's <laughs> I guess it's interesting because it has like less of the dark flavor that coke normally does. yes okay do you remember Pepsi blue no Oh my god, that was the pinnacle of my childhood. (laughs) When I think back, not to the 90s, because the 90s we had Surge. But then like early to mid-2000s Andy Mm. thrived on Simpsons Road Rage and Pepsi Blue. (laughs) That was it. And it's no wonder I weigh what I weigh right now and I have some of the hormonal problems I have now. (laughs) But we're not talking about that right now. No, instead we're talking about... Is that a good segue? Yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're talking about how values are our basic and fundamental beliefs that we use to guide and mar- ma- ba- 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 guide and motivate our own attitudes and actions. Our values describe the personal qualities we choose to embody in order to be the kind of person we want to be. Our values determine how we treat ourselves, others, and our communities, and how we interact with the world around us. So, I want to do an experiment. Okay. Am I the guinea pig? I'll go first so that it's easier. Thank you. So you get what I'm going for. Okay. And I, I do this with uh, my other bestie um, sometimes uh, in a more in like 
please tell me nice things about me context. Yeah. But what I want to do is I'm going to reflect to you some of your personal qualities that I see in you oh, that God. are positive. What, do you, I don't know if you were at the SOS that we did this on the last night, the personality car wash. That was what she, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember this necessarily, but... Everyone Not saved exactly me like for last, and oh, no I'm fucking sorry. wonder, because I sobbed the entire time, because I don't <laughs> take compliments well. So, be gentle with me, but don't don't say overly nice things, because I will cry. <laughs> you want to go back and forth, but that make it easier? No. No. Just do it. It's a band-aid. Rip it. Let's get it over with. <laughs> I appreciate that you're always willing to grow. Okay. Because I, having known you as long as I have, um, I know that a lot of the things that you have grown in haven't been easy and sometimes go counterintuitive to what you've been told your values are. Because I know for myself as well, like... Figuring out your values outside of the church is hard, and you've done that for the as much as I can tell. Like, you know who you are outside of that. I didn't know you could smoke those while you charged them. Yeah. Oh my god, y'all. I just realized you can smoke a Vuse while you charge it. More times than not, when I'm in, like on long car rides, I just leave it hooked up to the charger, and then I really only take it off when I'm out of the car socializing. Sorry, y'all. I'm looking at the ceiling because I'm just frustrated. Did I just blow your mind? You did blow my mind. You really, really did. Um, Please blow me more. That being said... (laughs) Hey, that happens later. (laughs) Yeah, that's when we film, not record audio. So you can't spoil that. Bitter Grapes Only Fans. Hey! All right. What? (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy's excited. Would you subscribe, baby? Okay, good to know. (laughs) We have one subscriber. (laughs) Okay. Other good qualities of Andy. You are very loving. The people, and fiercely loving. Because the people that you love, you take care of. And you're very, like, protective of. And I love it. I love that about you. Because you're good at it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I try. You persevere so hard. (laughs) (laughs) like I can't even I can't even think of all of the bullshit that you've like had to deal with and just kind of took it in stride like bitched about it yeah to me but like you still did it and that's the point like you're allowed to bitch about shit I'll go but I'm gonna complain the whole time yeah you're allowed to complain I want to get that tattooed somewhere I know it's a Bob's Burgers thing and I really don't have any emotional attachment to that show but that quote just very deeply resonates with me Bob's Burgers is my shit Bob's Burgers is my shit cause uh, related to the values related to like the calling good things out in people I like that show because it isn't mean to its characters. I talk about this all the time. Like, yeah. it's it doesn't do what Family Guy does and like like is super mean to Meg. Yeah. So highly recommend that show. Um, sorry, my brain just like fritzed. I got up at like what? I barely slept last night and then got up at like seven thirty. That oh, was joy. Fun. Yeah, school. School is fun. Um. But yeah, I see lots of good things in you, and it makes me happy to be your friend. Thanks. I'm happy to be your friend. Um, alright. 
So I feel like in some ways a lot of the, the same things could be said about you, but in different ways. Okay. Um, you've, and I've said this on episodes before, I've always very deeply admired your ability to hold an intellectual conversation. Like, I can. I know I can. But I eventually catch myself rambling and I rely very heavily on personal narrative to justify my opinions on some <laughs> things. Um, whereas you are always you are always doing homework and research on things and you, you are just a fountain of knowledge. And I, I've always admired that about you, even when we were like fucking 12 that I just always thought you were very gifted with intellect and willingness to do the homework and willingness to do the research because I could I know I could I just don't want to <laughs> and um, you've always been very gracious and very forgiving because I know that there were times where I was left <sighs> I'm being very facetious and intentional with my words here when I was less than charming and completely unlovable and a total dick. <laughs> but I could still call you on Christmas and say, I fucking miss my grandpa and I don't have anybody else to talk to. And you still picked up your phone when I would have not blamed you in the slightest if you didn't. And you say that I've had shit thrown at me and I still go. <laughs> I... I commend you for how you have handled a lot of the shit that has been thrown at you, especially here in the last just couple of years. And you're, you're going back to school and you're doing really well. I know it's stressful, but you're also taking the time to get to know things about yourself and you're doing the hard work to get to know yourself and come to terms to be able to sit with those pieces of yourself. That's still something I haven't been able to do. And... Of all the things I could say that I envy you for, that is probably the paramount most thing that I envy you for, is you're willing to sit with those pieces of yourself and do the work to get them right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that because I, I, I... My hand is bleeding, so if I, if you hear excessive licking, it's because I'm trying to stop <laughs> my hand from bleeding. No, it's, it's Jimmy. He's, he's, no, he's no. getting, he's getting Andy ready for later. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one just because um, I don't genuinely see people doing that. And I think you do that with me. You do that with me and you do that in conversations. You really do. Um, because you and I dig those things out. We dig out those splinters together. Yeah. Um, I've just been blessed with... <laughs> Uh, a laundry list of disorders that I have to piecemeal apart and put back together. Um, I really like Rocket from Marvel because mm -hmm. I identify with the pulling apart and putting back together part uh, bit that he says in, I think it's number two. Yeah. Um, talking about like being an experiment and all that. Like I feel that really hard. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess just to segue like I value doing this kind of thing because I don't think people do it enough. I can agree with that. And that's why, like, with my other favorite human, like, you and Gary and other human are my favorites. 
Like you're my you're you're my triad, uh, my trio of humans to lean on. Um, and like he and I do that, and I try with Gary as well, just to be like. It brings people together to kind of have have that intimacy into me see. <laughs> there we go. There's our segue. <laughs> There's our segue. Into me see. And like, sure that was weaponized, but intimacy is still good. It is. When done right and when explained right. And when valued. Because I think if more people valued intimacy in not the way that certain communities expect. Well, would you say that as we call the church the church, do you really think the church values intimacy or control? I hmm, that's a good question because I part of me still likes to depend on the kindness of monsters. I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've said I've I've shared this sentiment here. I've shared it with you. I've shared it with my husband. I've shared it with grandma. I really, really want to believe that the adults that were immediately around us gave at least half a fuck about us. Yeah. Otherwise, Ellie wouldn't have done what you and I just did mm -hmm. for the last three days of SOS. I mean, everyone took turns saying similar things to what you and I just said to mm -hmm. each other. And I, re I remember having my feelings really hurt because I was like, why, why are we... Why does everyone have everything nice to say about everybody else but me? I didn't. I didn't piss you guys off that bad, did I? No. And then everyone was like, "We we saved ours for you because there's just too many." To, and then as soon as Ellie said, "Because there's too many to say," I start fucking crying, and my face is red, and I've got veins popping out in my head, and I don't take that very well. But I think in that regard, in other regards like that, because that wasn't the only time we had meaningful moments as a, right. as a ministry like that. There, I think it was situational. I think we, I think we as a ministry situationally valued intimacy, but overall vineyard favored control. Mm -hmm. Because I guess being able to control intimacy controls love, self-esteem, little c community like it, it the interconnectivity of the universe all you really have to do is cut off one person for it all the fuck up mm -hmm. and that's why beetlejuice is gonna explode i don't know like yeah i i see all of that is so interconnected that i don't know where to start sometimes when i look at some of these bigger issues of like how do we break down these barriers of intimacy between people who otherwise don't have anything in common? How do we explain, I don't know, the experience of a, the, the pain of a poor person to the pain of the loneliness of someone who's rich? Like, loneliness is still pain as not as much as hunger is but it's uh, it's still pain yeah hunger is pain loneliness is pain assault is pain grief is pain all of these things are pain and if we stopped putting the trappings on it we would get along so much better yeah well and that was kind of where i was going with that you know i think people have 
I think people in general have misconstrued intimacy to only mean sex. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And I think once we as a collective get past that, we can have meaningful healing conversations mm -hmm. where, I mean, we, we could all be that person that Mr. Rogers knew we could be. Yeah. I think about, like, I've had more emotionally intimate moments with people I've been sexual, sexual with, but less so in comparison to people I've been more sexual with, but less emotionally intimate. Mm. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I, f I feel like, and this is just personal. There, there's a, a, a terror in being known in such a way that you can experiment more with people you don't know. Yeah. Because there's less judgment. It's like, I, I screwed this up in some capacity. I don't have to look at you in the morning. That and, kind and of I thing. And I don't have to see you again if I don't want to. Right. So, like, I think... Th and uh, there are people who are going to hear that and be like, well, that's just because you're fucked in the head. Take Maybe. Well, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. But also, like, my relationships... Relationships, both sexual fraternal not fraternal uh fil filial yeah filial otherwise um uh what's the agape like all of those different types of love like i i don't think they all have to be connected or not it's circles that can be connected or not like you sure you don't have to be in all of them. You don't have to be really in any more than one. I would just like to like you in some capacity. Yeah. Good stuff. So, like, from the book, why is it important to define those values for yourself? Do you want to go first? Well, the, the thing I picked out from um, the book was that there's less room to waver in shame and doubt if your values are clearly and confidently defined. I would agree with that. That was what stuck out to me the most, just to pull one of the many reasons out. Um, just because that has been a struggle for me to re redefine what I believe outside of the church. Yeah. Because I was thinking, coming back from group, my, my DBT group, uh, yesterday um, it was never so much that I was actually self-aware it was that I was brainwashed enough to believe them mm -hmm. and I was also brainwashed enough intelligent enough independent enough to do it to myself yeah without those three things a combination whatever like they wouldn't have called me self-aware I'm not self-aware. Not in not in the way that they kept telling me I was. Yeah. I was just brainwashed and obedient. Yeah. You can you can make anybody believe they're self-aware if you get them obedient enough. Mmm. Fucking profound. Jesus. I don't know, I guess that would be I think that would be like my similar takeaway from it. You know, like I was saying at the start of this life is a lot easier when you're not 
maintaining facades when you're very what you see is what you get when your values are what you see is what you get here's the church here's the steeple mm -hmm. if you don't like it yeah exit stage left have a nice day it it kind of alleviates that feeling of oh my god are they gonna agree with me oh my god are they gonna like me please validate me i i gave up on that i don't have the energy to do that anymore I know my TikTok says, give me tacos and validate me, but like, just give me the tacos, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so I, um, for my nonfiction class, my nonfiction workshop, we had to write a letter to our younger selves. Oh shit. Are we going to share? We're going to share. Oh, I'm um, so excited. It's not like super long, um, but it's related to what you just said. Okay. Um, so we've talked about in the past, uh, on a past podcast, um, because it used to be the Andy and Blake show at church. Because uh, my birth name started with an A. So this letter starts Dear A. He's a dick and you're trans. That's the bottom line. You don't need him, his holy appro approval of your views. I hate more of you as much as you. I just don't give him the brain space anymore. You are the queer that you inherently fear. While the judgment comes, it is short-lived. I promise a way through. Your identity is not shame, not forever, not beyond your power to shed. The layers of trauma will be peeled, the wounds healed. Over time, you will forget his face, even his name sometimes. You will disbelieve the hate thrown and prejudice shown eventually. Take heart, this present does not foreshadow your future. Take up arms, direct the flow of time. Take truth in part, that influence is divine. I promise the that bad timing. I promise the yesterday you know will not influence tomorrow. Love yourself. I love that. Thanks. That's good shit. Yeah, we have to do like um con like in class, between class, write a little something or other. I'm taking two friggin' workshops right now, I'm gonna die. No, and you're not. No, actually, it's really nice because I basically only have to read, like, a couple poems every few days for, like, lit. That's not bad. Yeah, like, I have my my British poetry class, like, romantics, mm -hmm. and I read a couple poems for that and, like, make comments, and then nice. I write a bunch. There you go. And, like, make signs with my hands and practice those. Awesome. It's a good semester. Um, as you were talking, I was looking at, it, um, before, before I read the thing, um, I was looking at the next quote mm -hmm. from the author. Um, I've worked with many clients who were very good at obedience. They were so good at following the strict tenets of their Christian faith and felt as if they were floating around untethered without their purity culture values. They were in an in-between space, having rejected the old values, but without, but without a clear set of new ones. Mm. Speaking back to that, like, self-awareness is actually obedience. Yeah. Um, and feeling, feeling like I have, I did float around without the purity culture values. Mm -hmm. To some degree, I was lucky to fall into, had I just fallen into hookup culture, I would have been quite literally fucked. I fell into a subculture that has whether they follow them or not, ethics. Yeah. 
I learned ethics and consent, etc., etc. I turn around and tell classmates. Um, I have a classmate who's like uh, not engaged, but has like a promise ring because yeah, he's a few young- years younger than than us, um, and not as gung ho to get married because he's smart. Um, but I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for like communication type resources, look to the cute community because they're going to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. Like look at negotiation styles and tactics. Um, and he's like, oh no, I already know that. I'm like, we're going to be even better friends than we were <laughs> in comic book class. It's nice. And our last poetry class. <laughs> I'm so happy. There are so many, I know so many people in different classes. It's great. I love that. It's nice that school is finally starting to work. Yeah, I'm glad. I know for a while you were on the fence about going back at all. Yeah. I'm glad you did, and I'm glad it's turning out. So, I guess, as with most other things about you and I, inversely... I really didn't fall into a community once I left church. Mm. Community just kind of happened to me. Yeah. In that I met people at school. I, I I just started talking to people that I wouldn't have talked to Yeah. when I was in church. And similarly, just from that hearing kind of how they all viewed purity culture, sex, mm-hmm. sexuality, I was like, hmm. It, for me, it just kind of confirmed and affirmed that what I was hearing at church was wrong. Yeah. I, so, I, and I've always been this kind of person, and my husband can attest to this, mm-hmm. because it's the same conversation when Andy's hungry. <laughs> well, babe, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. Okay, so we're going to McDonald's. Oh, I don't know what I want, but I don't fucking want McDonald's, okay? <laughs> so, in my mind, vineyard and purity culture and what they taught us about it is McDonald's. I'm hungry. But God damn it! if you take me to McDonald's, I'm dropping bombs. That's so, valid. for me, it's just like, I, I've i always been very, I will tell you when it's right. Or I will tell you when it's wrong. Yeah. And I've always just, I've always been very content in that. because It's instinctual. Yes. Um, so, for me, it was, it was kind of like, reading that, pe- people talking about they feel like they're floating untethered. I actually felt more free. Mm. Once I accepted, like, it's okay to question what church was saying because mama said that it was okay. Mm. My my mom was in the same boat. So mm. it was like, okay. I So I don't, I didn't complete that. That part of this workbook so far was one of the few that didn't outright resonate with me. Interesting. So go on to, because you have some stuff here. Tell me about what reson- did resonate with you. So... One of the next sections after what you were reading, I was reading, like, what the author described as the binary of purity culture versus the other side. So, the quote, like, the first, like, the first main tenet was that, quote, there is a hard, clear, immutable definition of virginity, and it's very important to preserve yours. Inversely, the other side of that binary is, quote, so to speak, losing your virginity is not losing it. It's not, it doesn't change, it does not change our identity, it is not life-altering, and it does not affect our worth. It is simply a new experience. I can agree with that. Mm -hmm. Now, 
17-year-old might have some very staunch hard feelings about that, but yeah. Um as like 28-year-old me, mm-hmm. I I wholly reject the idea of phys- like the whole idea of physical virginity. And I've talked about this on episodes previous. Um that like just the physical aspect. Falling off of a bike or horseback riding can rupture a hymen. That's so since hy- the hymen and its presence are the standard of virginity in mm-hmm. that aspect, that's kind of a moot point to me. And so the that that specific section also went on to question, like, when would you see virginity mattering? Mm-hmm. For me, really, like, the only time it would matter mm-hmm. is if there's a person involved that just simply wants to make it known to all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Like, me. I, Monopoly was a stressful thing to learn for me. <laughs> so, at some point, I felt the need to be like, hey, I, um... I don't know how to play this game. When can I start buying property? Mm-hmm. So for me, announcing that someone's a virgin or announcing themselves as a virgin, if that's what they want to, like, I would never put one of my partners under the bus and be like, oh, hey, first timer here. <laughs> I would trust them to do that and be like, uh, I don't know how to play this game. Please be a bro and help me out. Mm-hmm. Just because for some people, i.e. some of Hillary Faye's desired partners Mm -hmm. her being a virgin was a deal breaker right so had she done what she had initially told me she was going to do and not tell him and he found out in whatever way Mm -hmm. that would have been you you could kiss whatever friendship you had with that person goodbye right that's kind of that's kind of a fucked up thing to do I don't know. I guess for me, that's that's more of the social concept of virginity. I don't mm. outside of immediate partners about to engage in some activity. It really shouldn't matter, and even then, unless you plan on holding on to whatever purity culture values you were instilled with, it why bring it up at all? Yeah. Or why have that I don't I don't fuck virgins mentality? Right. Because I and I know where that comes from. It's this idea that people get attached. People get attached. Mm-hmm. Which they wouldn't if we didn't teach them to. Yeah. That we're what I hate about a lot of these conversations is that people accept things the way they are as if it's law. Mm-hmm. Or as if it's set in stone. It's like... Not every person is that way. No, and that's not how life is. The universe is constantly expanding. Nothing is staying the same at any moment, one moment to the next. Well, and that movie Saved said it best when Patrick was like, Dad, it's all a gray area. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It's all a gray area. That's like... I find it so interesting, um multiple things here um adhd brain going off like big fireworks have you seen she hulk not yet okay we're so we we're very emotionally invested and it's always sunny right now we haven't watched much else i did buy the elvis movie so there are only two episodes of she hulk so it's not that hard to get caught up okay the first episode and this isn't really giving anything away has a has a big theme of dbt which is really interesting to me um, cause have you seen any of the, any of the like promos? Yeah. Okay. So you know that Hulk is in it. 
Yeah. Okay, you know that much. That's all you need to know here. Hulk is teaching She-Hulk DBT skills. That's kind of the crux of the matter. Um, as like a way to um, harness the She-Hulk energy. Sure. I think about the dialectics of DBT next to the black and white thinking of the church. Mm-hmm. Where things like DBT, which has roots in Buddhism, um, philosophically, is horribly diametrically opposed to the black and white, heaven, hell, good, bad thinking of the church. Mm -hmm. I wonder sometimes how any, like, quote-unquote, God-fearing Christian engages in something like psychiatry or psychology. Mm. Where my god dad, the Adventist church started the psych hospital, the first psych hospital in Columbus or something along those lines. Not like the mm. first, but like Harding Hospital was started by the Adventists. They should not have started a hospital. Like, yeah. they had some great ideas about some things about psych psychology, psychiatry, etc. All caps, bold, italicized, underlined, some. Some. Um, I will not stand by masturbation flakes. Yeah, I, no. I, I have many. Can we just talk about, so, the day after we recorded the last episode, I took Morgan kind of on a tour of where I grew up. Uh-huh. And we drove by Griswold. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that the Kellogg's factory is no longer there and that it's some weird apartment complex now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it wasn't that, that's new it was to Worthington me. Foods, technically. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, it was <laughs> detour. Um, my dad worked for Worthington Foods back in the day. Got you. And um, he got a guy hired who then got in trouble for insider trading. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did talk about <laughs> we that. We did talk part. about that, yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, Worthington Foods is gone. Um, I'm still mad about Protos. I will tell anyone who will listen about how I'm angry about Protos. Um, I, one of my classmates in my um, poetry workshop was talking about cereal. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm your best friend. <laughs> like, I'm about to be your best friend because I know way too much about this. Um, so when it was my turn, um, I got overly babbly, and people were like, what? I was like, okay, sorry. Backwards. <laughs> Cereal, Battle Creek, Michigan, Kellogg Factory, Masturbation Flakes. <laughs> it's Mic drop. Mic drop. Um, that was almost as good as, speaking of bingo cards, um, I was talking about the Reagan mask that my parents had yeah. as a classmate was walking into my nonfiction workshop. And he's like, I did not have that conversation on my bingo card as I walked in this room. <laughs> but then he had like another situation that had happened earlier in the day. He's like, my bingo card is going crazy today. <laughs> I love Zoomers. They're so funny. They're so cute. I love them all. Because like, I love that this like little freshman, blonde hair, blue eyes, fucking pale looks like he should be a douchebag talking about like expanding your mind and like learning new things that about people that aren't like you and I just want to stand there and applaud because I'm like you are not supposed to look like that and know that <laughs> like you are not this is not what I expected 
You didn't have that on your bingo card. I did for not the have that on my bingo card. <laughs> I'm constantly impressed by Zoomers and whenever I get my alphas, once I teach them, uh, I'm gonna have. Go I, to... I do think Zoomers get a bad rap. Oh, yeah. Just like we did. Oh, yeah. I My only beef with Zoomers is that they hate us for no reason. Right. Like, what did we do? That's my, that is my only beef with anybody. Okay. So, are we about to be, are we about to be Chris? Is that what this is? Everybody hates Chris because Gen Xers hate us. I don't know if you've heard my mom talk about millennials until I remind her that the oldest millennial is only like five years younger than her. Well. That immediately shuts her up. I'm married to a Gen X. Yeah. So I constantly hear about how Gen X is constantly forgotten. And I'm like, I'm the only one who's not allowed to forget about Gen X. So I don't care if you're <laughs> forgotten by anyone else because I'm aware of it. I, I know generational theory. I'm aware of all of these things. Like, yeah. And how it's all bullshit. <laughs> like, I know all the things well. And it's it's like any area of like science or theory, philosophy, etc. Like, even regular science. Like, the more you know, the more you realize you know nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's the, it's the whole concept of, like, the moment you think you know anything is the moment you know nothing. Yeah. It's like, it, uh, we're having cultural competency in my ASL class. Mm -hmm. It's a new thing for, like, all languages. Um, which I'm really stoked about. Like, I love it. I love that... I'm not going to look like an asshole. I would yeah. rather not look like an asshole. Um, so, like, th there's some sort of acronym, um, but it goes to ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that, like, that being the bottom line. And I think lots of people need to learn how to operate that way. Sure. Because there are so many situations. Gary and I have this a lot. Excuse me. And it goes both ways, where we'll assume something about a situation. It's like, that's not what's going on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that. W there was a miscommunication here. We should have asked a question first instead of assuming. Well, and I think, too, kind of talking about things that I, like, personal experiences and just things that I observe and things that I've surmised based on my observations mm -hmm. before we started recording at all, I think we've also gotten into this weird time where we don't know what questions to ask that, will make a, that won't make us look like dicks. Yes, that is very, that is very valid. So I have a theory. Go for it. I have a very, very big theory that... Any, and you, you can put any privileged group of people in this spot. Okay. I will stand by it. Cis, het, white, um, able-bodied, anything. Sexuality, anything. I honestly believe that there should be spaces for any privileged group to go ask the questions they need to ask without the judgment of those they have oppressed. Yeah. Not because they deserve it. Not because of that. But if we want to move forward, that's going to be the only way. Exactly. It is not because I want to save white people feelings. I do not genuinely care about my quote unquote white people feelings. I don't care about your white people feelings in that context. Yeah. I care about your feelings as Andy. Yeah. And I think those are different. I think we need those spaces to ask the stupid questions. We need 
five people in the room who are much more well-versed than everybody else and nobody in the room who's going to be offended. Yeah. Because not until we have those conversations, because a lot of the time what, excuse me, what ends up happening is there's this expectation from many oppressed groups, and I say this as a trans person, where it's like, I expect you to go speak for me in situations I can't speak. How do I know, how do I know that you're going to say the right thing if you haven't asked the questions and like know what to say? Right. Well, and I, so I get, maybe I'm, I I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to find the words. Yeah. It's not, it's not even just that there are people that are afraid of looking like dicks. Mm -hmm. I think it's also, um... I had it for just a split second, and as soon as I got it, it disappeared. Shame? I, no. Um, there, I think people have also forgotten the art to a to healthy conversation. Accurate. Internet. I, 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 the I, internet fucked yes, I And I stress Mr. Rogers a lot, because mm-hmm. that, for, for most of my childhood, I, I lived, breathed, and died by PBS. Okay. So, Mr. Rogers was on twice a day for me. Mm-hmm. And I think what may, in someone's mind, sound like a well-intended, well-meaning question. Like, I'm just trying to get to know you. I'm trying to understand you. I'm trying to meet you where you are. Uh-huh. Their tone, the context in which they're asking the question. Everybody involves mood. Yes. The day leading up, the days before... Every interaction you've had with a person wearing that color shirt. Yeah. Every... Because, like, for me, I'm I'm a very, um... Sometimes I'm great at it, sometimes it comes afterwards, but I do follow up my questions, or I try to warm up to the question mm-hmm. as often as I can. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll try to, like, hey, I want to switch gears here, and I want to ask about pronouns or hey I want to I want to get to the subject of racial relations Mm -hmm. and I'll like I'll try to ask feeler questions before I directly ask and kind of show my hand so to speak Mm -hmm. maybe like I'm not I'm saying me because or I don't people are people that are ignorant to a lot of things would I would hope would do that however in my experiences a lot of people older than us Especially, like, people that grew up out where my mom and dad are from. Mm -hmm. They have no interest, and they'll just ask whatever they want, whenever they want, with no social context, or, like, socialization context leading up to it. They'll just walk up to somebody. Why'd your hair look like that? Um, I... Because my mom fucked a parrot. I don't know. (laughs) That's... But then, they, but then they get asked, and well, they didn't need to bite my head off. Well, you didn't need to be a dick about it either. Yeah. You can't be mad if people think you're a dick if you approach it like a dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's just it was one of those things that I found curious and dubious. Mm-hmm. Well, I genuinely believe, like, to go back to the idea of having like those. I don't want to use the word safe space because that has so many different connotations, but like judgment free, judgment free exploration zones. Yeah. Like I think about it's different. You and I having a conversation and you asking me questions because we know each other. It's different. 
in a group context where I shove you and all the other cis people together and you and my buddies and Mike er, and Gary are like the experts in the room. That's that I like that idea because mm -hmm. I trust you to pass on what you've learned sure. and to take those questions with grace because you've asked the same questions. And I think that I think maybe that's where it is. It's having not had the same experience of being uncomfortable in that specific way. Yeah. Because there is no reason that I should have to empathize with you and your quote unquote grief over losing your girlfriend kind of thing. Not saying you had that or anything, but like, or like the grief of a parent losing their daughter kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you didn't lose your daughter, you gained a kid or a son or whatever. You still have a child, is the point. Yeah. That's not my job to deal with that grief. But that doesn't mean the grief doesn't exist or that doesn't need to be dealt with. Right. It needs to be dealt with by someone who's been there. Because I don't have the empathy. Mm -hmm. I don't have the empathy for it. So that's why it's not my job. I get that. And it's not about me not having sympathy. I have all the utmost sympathy. It's like, yeah, that sucks that you're feeling that. But that doesn't mean that I have to sit there and be, like, feeling it with you. Yeah. Because I've been there, done that kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay, because, like, I feel like we get, like, having, having, like, we as a society getting caught up in these conversations, like, we're so quick to want to either be the final authority on something or not have an opinion at all that we don't learn anything. See, and I've kind of gotten it. Like, I've always been very, um, no, that's not true. I have not always been very. I think it's because I learned my lesson. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I spoke out of turn on a lot of things before I really understood how the world works. So now it's like, mm, I'm not going to be so quick to reveal my opinion. Mm. So my lips have gotten a little tighter, but my, cert my search engine has gotten a lot more action. Mm. Because just when I'm sitting at home, I'll just sit and do homework, as I call it. And I'll just read up on shit. And then, yeah, the next time it comes up, I might pipe up, but no promises. Unless it's something that, like, no, you are wrong, and your words are going to cause problems specifically with me. I am about to identify as a problem if you don't shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, because there's, like, there's multi-step answer. One that I forgot earlier. I think we forget that, for instance, transphobia hurts cis people. Yeah, you and I have talked about that off this. Okay, so, like... Because when I was doing your pictures, it came up. Okay, I was trying to remember under what context we talked about we that. We were just driving. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, it's a lot of both people are afraid of being wrong and they don't realize that some of the things that they have problem with, problems with are actually the phobias they're enforcing. Yeah. So it's like the men who get really butthurt over other men wearing skirts. It's like, if y'all didn't buy into the toxic masculinity, you could wear a skirt too. Right. Like stuff like that, where it's like, 
if we don't acknowledge that like the puritanicalism of colonialism white colonialism hurts all people you're not going to get white people on board yeah should it be that way no but nobody's generally empathetic towards people they don't know unless until they know somebody yeah that's i, I there are so many times in these conversations about social justice issues and I say this in so many capacities where it's like, I just wish like we had the conversations, we had empathy for each other. We could have the questions like it's just, it, we need it to be in real time. Yeah. Not comment sections. Right. I agree with that. And I like, I really like what you said earlier about the internet fucking us over. Oh yeah. I think that has also enabled a lot of people to, stay comfortable mm -hmm. and um like you were saying before we started recording you have to be okay with getting uncomfortable sometimes mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people have forgotten how to do that why because facebook and myspace even mm -hmm. gave us the opportunity to subscribe to specific groups high school even mm -hmm. you had interest groups based on specific activities opinions desires in the future mm -hmm. i think we also we've made it hard to let other people's other people be uncomfortable in our space yeah where it's we like we want people to we want people to shut up grin bear it and learn yeah and not have any feelings about what they're learning that's not realistic yeah i'm sorry like there's so many there's so many times i just want to smack people and be like I love your idealism. It's never going to work. Live in the real world, please, because you have the best morals and ethics. You really do as a human. But until you get your head out of the sand, you're not going to do any good screaming and crying for something that will never exist in the current world as we know it. Preach. Good stuff. You have another quote. I want to hear do. about it. All right, so this next this next subsection of the main section mm -hmm. I read through was about marriage. So the more puritanical mindset is that marriage is the ultimate goal of all dating and relationships. Mm -hmm. The inverse to that is that all relationships are valid. Yep. That was the that was its own sentence, and that was my biggest takeaway from it. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I have learned over time because. Little four-year-old Andy was watching My Best Friend's Wedding when she had no business watching that movie whatsoever. ever. It is still my favorite movie, I'm not going to lie. But um, I had very unhealthy expectations because all four-year-old four Andy understood about My Best Friend's Wedding was how beautiful Cameron Diaz's wedding was in that movie. <laughs> and for the longest time... And this is something I'm still unpacking over time. Yeah. I think I was more preoccupied with the idea of being a bride than I was with being a wife and what that really meant. Because I mean, you're a bride for... How? What time was I ready by? Do you remember? What time did you get to... Well, I think you got to the hotel around... Probably two. I don't know. But when was the wedding? When did the wedding start? I just don't remember. I think the, the wedding was at like one thirty. Okay, then I would have gotten there at like noon. Yeah, or eleven. So I was in my dress, full makeup, by eleven forty-five. Mm -hmm. From eleven forty-five a.m. until about nine p.m., I was 
a bride. Right. And then from 9 p.m. until right now, I have been a wife. Right. My opinions on relationships have also dramatically changed mm -hmm. just in the last five years alone. Oh, yeah. Um, I personally don't feel that marriage is completely unnecessary, as she described. Like, a lot of, like, she she said something about marriage is outdated and unnecessary, an, an outdated and unnecessary institution. I, I acknowledge that some of the aspects of it make cohabitation easier. Yeah. Like, power of attorney, emergency medical situations, and, like, have, if you two have children together. Yeah. Those, marriage just makes the decisions in, in one of your absences easier oh, yeah. when there's marriage to back it up. Oh, yeah. I, now, I wish we could expand the idea of marriage. I agree. And aside from those few reasons, I can also understand why people feel that marriage is unnecessary. Mm hmm Because me personally, just with all the things I've learned about what it really means to be more of a wife than a bride, mm -hmm. I... I don't need the government's approval yeah. <laughs> to say that. And I mm -hmm. don't need a piece of paper to prove that I love somebody. Very true. He didn't need to go drop however much he dropped on my ring to prove that he loved me. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to speak to that, and the, I don't, I in no way mean this as a comparison. Go for it. I also think about like my cheap-ass Etsy ring and my husband in the ER with me multiple times while I'm having, like, a fucking psychotic break. Yeah. It's like... Everything is so individual mm -hmm. that the church trying to put these giant labels on things that are individual organelles. Yeah. How are you going to define every single individual relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, even just here in the last year, now, granted, Jimmy broached the idea of having an open relationship and kind of dabbling in Polly mm -hmm. the night before our first Valentine's Day together almost five years ago. <laughs> Did Andy take it well? No. Probably not. No. Definitely not. No. But then, you know, once we got married, it was kind of like, well, how, so how do I... I don't want to say ha that I went in it solely with the interest of how do I keep our marriage interesting, mm -hmm. but I just, my understanding of love and relationships has kind of evolved in that I feel it's unhealthy for me to expect everything. I It's unhealthy and unfair for me to expect one person to fill every gap in my life mm -hmm. if I can't even do that for them. Yeah. And it's unfair for them, like, in, verse, in, in turn, it's unfair for me to only, to be, to want to be the only one to fill those gaps for them. Yeah. So the more I thought about it, I was like, well, there, there's, there are people in my life who fill these gaps. Mm -hmm. So I, I revisited the idea with him and it was just like, you know, why don't we give it a try? Because now... At least if one of us gets angry about it, it's going to be a lot harder to yeah. say, fuck off, I'm out. Mm -hmm. for, the, for the least of these, like at, at the crude, most superficial, best explanation. Yeah. You can't get rid of me now and I can't get mad at you and leave now. Mm -hmm. So, but in doing that, 
I have discovered that, you know, I am, I, I am able to find other relationships that are equally but differently meaningful mm-hmm. and fulfilling. And I, again, further reinforcing, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me that my love is legitimate. And I, I pulled this page up because of what you're saying, because I think one of the worst things church does is create a hierarchy of relationships, of types of relationships. Because first they teach us that there are multiple Greek words for love. Phileo and agape. And eros and storga, storg, storge, mania, ludus. Pragma, philosia. That's the last one. That's self-love, by the way. Mm. Um, so they tell us there are all these types of love and then tell us which one's most important. Yeah. And that all the other ones are not. Then why tell us about them? Exactly. Why differentiate if you're only going to tell us that one is the most important? Yeah. I love the fact that I'm polyamorous. I love the fact that I'm married because I, because of those stupid privileges legally, mm-hmm. because I know that there's going to be someone to fight me being institutionalized, shit like that. Like, I know I have a, I know I have a power of attorney in case. I would hide you here. I know you would hide me here. I'm more mean, like if I'm in front of a judge, then someone's like, oh there. no, like I'm snatching you up from the court and I'm hiding you here. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I, I appreciate this. But you get what I mean about, like, I'm outside, haul ass, let's go! <laughs> we'll get Dairy Queen on the way! <laughs> oh, man. Like, so I appreciate the things that, like, marriage gets me. Yeah. I'll be completely honest about that. Like, I think about that a lot. Like, especially thinking about, like, marriage equality and, like, classmates who weren't really cognizant of the difference. Yeah. Um... Because I was, I was explaining, like, my essay that I just read to my classmates about, like, yeah, this was before marriage equality was legalized. Mm-hmm. That was a different time period. Like, I hate, I love and hate getting older because there's no way to describe it to the people who it matters to. Yeah. Because the people who it impacts are never going to listen. And then the people that you get to talk to about it are either at the same level or they're older and already know. Yeah. There's... And you... At some point you get to like our age and we're able to listen above a little bit better. Yeah. But it's only once you hit like 25 that you can actually listen to people like mm-hmm. uh, older than you. Genuinely. I, I say this as someone who got married at like 20, 21, 22. Whose husband is now 50. <laughs> like... I... I know that it's hard to like learn from people older mm-hmm. I still wish I could explain all of this no I get it and I get it more so just because of the fact that I see some people our age try to have conversations with people older mm-hmm. and they still struggle Hillary Fay is one of them okay Hillary Fay was very off put by the fact that my thing for however long that lasted, was actually a couple years older than my parents. And was actually on a, some degree of... He was familiar with who my dad was. Right. That did not sit well with her. Mm-hmm. Because in her mind, 
well, you guys have nothing in common. Well, right. I, I'm also a different breed just because of what I grew up around. My mom had me young, mm-hmm. so I lived with my grandparents, who lived in the middle of a cornfield and bumfuck nowhere. Mm-hmm. So guess who my friends were? Your grandparents. My grandparents, their friends, mm-hmm. my parents, and their friends. I have grown up socializing with people upwards of 18 years older than me. And that's why you and I get along. Yes. Because we're old. <laughs> and bitter. Bitter fucking grapes. <laughs> but um, sh- can we-, <gasps> we should get bitter grapes tattoos. We talked about that last season too. We still have to get the can of mixed vegetables, which we also talked about. <laughs> oh, I need money, not just loan money. Jimmy, can you buy us tattoos? You don't have to subscribe to our OnlyFans. Just buy us tattoos. <laughs> What if we did do an OnlyFans? That would be so funny. Like, podcast on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> but we can seductively, like, yeah. Show off Brittany and Bridget a time or two. No, we can seductively, like, change our bras underneath our shirts as if we're at camp. See? <laughs> okay. So, I was thinking about that when you were telling the camp story my trauma last season you mentioned you were like i know how to change in front of people and i'm like wait do i <laughs> because at camp at church camp uh-huh i honey badger gave no shits i was walking around with just my bra mm-hmm. going from girl cabin to girl cabin well also you had your grandma to make sure no one gave you any shit she well grandma would have been the first one to give me shit like <laughs> she would have let me go yeah. Until someone else yelled at me, and right. then she would have been, well, you know what you did was wrong. <laughs> because she still does that now. She'll take my side up until it no longer benefits her. I'm like, grub, you can't do that. <laughs> but that, if you fall, if you fall, stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? Yeah. But I think to band camp, because that, that's, for anyone that didn't catch on... That's why I didn't go to high school church camp, because I was right. also in marching band. And we we had a little bit more freedom, but the school dress code still kind of applied. Yeah. I, I wore just regular cheer shorts, which were definitely well, like my hands and yeah. my wrists went past the hem of those shorts. I was so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. But I think to like games especially... Mm-hmm. Because there were games in the middle of, like, November mm-hmm. when it's getting cold out. Our uniforms had these giant keyholes in the back. where So, like, my whole back was exposed. And there was one game where the underwire of my bra had snapped. And I was, it was like, oh, I've been impaled. Yep. So I'm looking at the guys because it's playoffs. There's cameras here. And I'm like, fuck, this bra is hurting me and I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I'm looking at, like, the guys in the drum line, except Brandon, because, of course, that was a whole fucking thing. Never mind the whole thing that happened at church. Oh, we're going to throw in the fact that we're in marching band together now. (laughs) Um, I'm looking at the other drum line guys. I'm like, guys, I I need one of your jackets. Why? I just need it for five seconds, please. (laughs) So this one guy who was in my grade... He and I really never spoke, so I was really astounded when he was the first one to, like, cover me up so that I could get behind 
the felt of my because it was like a weird velvet felt polyester mm-hmm. singlet or not singlet unitard long mm-hmm. sleeves so I'm having to like go under the keyhole to get the bra Mm-hmm. And then I'm having to slide it to the front and yank it up through the collar. And then he actually hid it in his pocket for me for the Aww. whole show. But that playoff show mm-hmm. I'm doing with no bra in November. I know my nipples were so hard <laughs> they could cut diamonds. But it was And there's than... video? There might be. I really hope football... Call us fr- up of the nipple. I really hope football Friday night didn't get that. <laughs> so... Unrelated, really quick, I need to show you a Macklemore video. Okay. Because there's a close-up of the crotch. And it's really funny. Okay. Speaking of close-ups. Other, it's the Maniac video for anyone who wants to look it up. Um, to pivot, it, unless you have uh, something you wanted to finish. No, um, that was... That was the that was as far as I had gotten in formal research. If there was any other sections that jumped out at you that you want to informally discuss, we can do that, or we can keep dissecting this for the next couple weeks, which I'm all about because there's a lot there. Oh yeah, this is just week one of us going through this entire fucking book. This is this is giving us all of the content going forward until we're done with it. I love that we're doing this this way because the birds, the bees, and the Bible they gave us that workbook. We went over, like, two sections in group mm-hmm. and then didn't discuss it after that. The rest was just, right. what does the Bible say about yeah. this? And we're going to do an activity where we pray for our future spouse. And we're going to do an activity where we talk about what our dream wedding is going to look like. And how is it going to feel if you tell your spouse on your wedding night that you didn't wait for them? And then they completely ruined one of my favorite Michael fucking Buble songs. <laughs> I just haven't met you yet. Because they were trying to light a fire in us for that future someone that was going to come along at the right time. And we just had to pray on it and be ready for it. God damn it. Gotta get ready for that Eros. I'm still fucking bitter. But I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So I say Eros. I want to go over these these bits of these Greek gloves. Please. As we're kind of wrapping up. um, Looking at the time. Uh, both literal and figurative. As I say, five o'clock rolls around very quickly in this house. Yeah, I get up. I get up later than you, but I have to go sign things. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I think that's yeah. yeah. That's that's yes. I don't. Yes. Know. What's this, no? No. Okay. With the the two fingers. Um. So we've got eros, which is romantic, passionate love. We have philia, which is affectionate love. Agape, which is selfless, universal love. Storge, Storge, I I don't know, a familiar love, mania, obsessive love, ludus, playful love, pragma, enduring love, and philousia, self-love. Okay. I think these are interesting, um, just looking at like, excuse me, again, me and my Coca-Cola, looking at the different types and thinking about how they bastardized Eros. They lifted up agape as mm-hmm. if it was the only way to live. This selflessness didn't even tell us about Falausha. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that one was a thing. Mm-hmm. I knew just about all the other ones. 
So the church that I went to before Vineyard out in New Albany, mm. the pat the. I think they went through two pastors. No, they went through three while I was there alone. Okay. There was Chuck, and then there was Paul, and then I think his name was also... I think his name was Chris. Okay. Chris is apparently a very common name. It is a very common name, not apparently, yes. Um, One of the last lessons that I remembered... Because they did family Sundays, like once a month, where we would all get dressed up really nice and go sit in the main auditorium all together. And this Chris was maybe a couple years older than my mom. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't surprising that he used the movie Broke Down Palace with Kate Beckinsale and Claire Danes. If you're not familiar with it, I have it on DVD and you'll have to watch it. It's very good. Okay. It's about two girls uh, backpacking in Thailand and they get framed for drug trafficking. And one of them signs a statement written in Thai, and it's really a confession, so they both get sent to prison in Thailand. Ew. Very, very crazy, very fucked up. Mm. Um, but he was using it to illustrate the difference between phileo and agape. Okay. And he was saying, you know, a lot of times when we say we love Jesus, we really mean phileo. We phileo you. Phileo? Like philia? No. Affectionate love? Yes. <laughs> Filet of fish? Yeah. <laughs> Philia. Philia. Sorry. Well, the like way Philadelphia. He, the way he pronounced it, that's how, like, I I, rem- I vividly remember oh, him pronouncing okay. it that way. Okay, sorry. I th- I, th- I, yeah, I know. Usually with I that, really I would try very hard to be funny, but that was how he pronounced it. And the whole reason this whole lesson stuck out with me was because of the movie illustration, because... I had just seen that movie with my mom. Okay. But he, and he was saying, you know, we, when, when you say you love Jesus, a lot of times you're saying, I affectionately love you, but the kind of love he is calling you to love him with is agape. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you know, there, and he was like, I want to show you guys just a snippet from this movie. And I want just people to kind of pop up and tell me what kind of love they think is being demonstrated. So... Kate Beckinsale is the more innocent of the two, but she's the one that signed the confession, right? Okay. So, Claire Danes' character is like the troublemaker of the two. Mm-hmm. The drugs were also in her bag. Okay. A guy that they had met at a hotel put these drugs in their bag and then left the hotel. Or, like, they, they made plans to go to a different country together, and in doing so, he put the drugs in their bag and then just went on a different plane altogether. So Kate Beckinsale's parents come to Thailand to visit them and give them like care packages. And after Kate Beckinsale's character walks off, her dad, so to speak, is looking at Claire Danes and says, say it one time. I just want to hear it one time. And she breaks down crying and says, I didn't do it because that was what she would always say. So he was like chastising her. So then they have a hearing with, like, one of the high government officials mm. in Thailand. So Claire Danes throws herself in front of him and says she had nothing to do with it. It was all me. Please let her go. Mm. And he said, I will, but that means you're serving your sentence and hers. I'll do it. 
So he was saying, what kind of love do you think that was? Philia. Really? I would, I would... He was trying to prompt us to say that her doing that was, like, agape. Like, that was the ultimate... I think it might be an expression of agape based on Philia. I think that trying to quantify an action like that based solely on... The isolated action itself. Right. Because it's like... If you in every relationship, there are multiple types of love, and they the all part. and they all rear their head at different seasons and different points in time. Exactly because, or um, actually, thinking about a more another one that your guy probably didn't talk about, pragma, enduring love. That's enduring love. Philia, <laughs> pragma, philia manifesting as agape well and again as with all other things it's all a gray area the, any mm-hmm. of those could go hand in hand at any one time it's not exactly just, it's not just one mm-hmm. but he wanted to i get the point he was trying to illustrate mm-hmm. i get it because in that instance the metaphor here is claire danes is jesus mm-hmm. and we are kate beckinsale we didn't know what we were doing but we did it Right. And because of it, we're all stuck here. Right. Claire Danes made it so that that wasn't the case. I, so, I, I now get what 10-year-old Andy did not get. So, yeah, and I think that's the other interesting thing about church is they did a lot of very relevant, sorry, my dog is barking right now and my husband can't hear because he has his headset on and he's killing zombies. Um... We should they, go to sleep anyways. But. They tried to use very culturally relevant mm. things to teach very complex lessons. Like the Matrix? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Jesus is trans. Well, Jesus is trans, but that's a completely different story. Well, I mean, okay. So, genuinely, if there was no semen in Mary, she only had X chromosomes. Yeah. Where did Jesus become a man? Yeah. Where is his Y chromosome? Unless he's amphibious. Frogs can change. Oh, okay. (laughs) Jesus the trans frog. (laughs) There's a head fuck for you. (laughs) I'm trying to think of it like a ribbit. What would be a good ribbit? Hallelujah. That is my sign that we need to get sleep. (laughs) That is correct. I need to go make finger motions in the morning and try and identify them. That's the hard part is identifying. Yeah. Especially because, like, people, you sign so quickly and those, the S looks a lot like T, looks a lot Mm -hmm. like M, looks a lot, yeah. That's how I feel with French. Like, I can speak it quickly, Mm -hmm. but I will eventually trip over myself and I'll fuck something up and I'll muddle something together. And what was supposed to be me telling you to have a wonderful day and I like your dress ends up me turning turning it into an insult involving someone's parent and a goat. (laughs) And it does not go well. (laughs) Voulez-vous coucher à la Vecna? <laughs> I thought you did it on accident. I'm like, nope, you already fucked. It. Oh, you're fucking it up on purpose. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for listening, Nova. It was a great talk as always. Um, I love Vecna.
Don't forget to be the person Mr. Rogers knew you could be. Have a good week.